The MX Vice Show. Welcome to the MX Vice Show, episode 65. Huge thanks to Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, Supercrass Live, TV, Backyard Design UK, Blenzo Oils, and TMX21 Competitions. I'm James Burfield, your host, and with me, not in the studio, but in, uh, I believe, is it Netherlands, Lewis Phillips. Hello. Hi. You're right. Hi. I thought you'd gone out then. <laughs> yeah, I was really far. I was sat in my chair, but I was really far away from my mic. It took me a while to travel over to it, but I'm here. Oh well, thanks for turning up. So you are in the Netherlands, aren't you? Um, Currently? officially, yes. Officially, yes. Yes. Okay. Ah. And and how is it out there? Um, that's all right. It's been snowing a lot, which isn't ideal. I almost rear-ended a car on a motorway today because I didn't. I haven't driven in the snow in a while. And a uh, fun fact: it doesn't. Your braking time is a little longer in the snow. No shit, Sherlock. So I hit the brakes, as you do when you're trying to come to a stop, and skidded quite far to the point where I moved into the hard shoulder to avoid rear-ending someone. Hmm. But you're all safe? Sean's safe? Where's the safe? Yeah, Yeah. everyone's good. Everyone's great. We're great. We're here. We're in Belgium. I've seen motocross bikes. They're quite shit, really. You sound chirpy. Do I? Yeah, I think you're happy. To be fair, I've seen... I've done, like... I've seen so many motocross bikes over the last 10 days, I reckon I'm ready for another five-month off-season. Wow. wow. Yeah. Are, are you ever happy? No, I'm kind of in and out at this point. I'm, I've done it now. I'm ready to, I'm ready to go back into the cold, uh, the, the darkness of off-season. No, I'm, jo- I'm joking. It's been, it's been good. I feel like I've been at a 10-day GP. Up at, out the door at 7 a.m. every morning, back to the hotel at um, late evening. Uh, tracks, workshops, rider houses, um, here, there, and everywhere. Cool. Spreading, cool. spreading the love and COVID. Well, we're gonna, you're going to talk to us all about that. We're going to talk about the MXGP calendar. But first, part one is presented by Fly Racing. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world. Before we get started, part one is presented by Fly Racing. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. So, Lewis, we have had a week off, but for good reason. There wasn't much happening, and you decided to uh, get over to Belgium because uh, we're working on a, a certain project, which we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, most importantly, a new calendar. 
Yeah. Uh, you want to you want to start with the calendar, yeah? Let's start with the calendar. Okay. Yes, yeah, so a calendar came out. Not ideal. I was at a track, which made me sad. Plus Funny side, story. I was. Plus side, I was at the track with riders, which meant that as soon as the calendar dropped, I got quite a lot of like inside and inside thoughts and stuff like that. So that's uh, yeah, no, you've got to take the good with the bad. Also, uh, I was at a track, so I rung James to post for calendar, and he couldn't. Literally, I was trying to get him to crop an image, and it was like trying to talk someone, tell someone how to defuse a bomb over a phone. So uh, it, was, uh, it was. It was. In the end, he didn't. In the end, I basically thanked him for his time, hung up on him, and then figured out a way to do it on my phone, which was great. But no, calendar's out. Uh, June the 13th, which is earlier than I think most people expected. Truth be told, no one here, and I mean no one, I reckon I've probably spoken to 20-plus people about it. No one thinks we're starting in Russia. Not one person. Although today I did speak to a Russian (laughs) <laughs> who said that... Um, really? Okay. Who said that Russia is apparently open for business at the moment, like completely normal life, crowds, uh, shops, restaurants, no mar- like completely normal life. So apparently Russia are really pushing to have this GP and make it happen, which mm. makes me think that, okay, maybe it will go ahead. But outside of that one Russian, um, every rider, every team, no one thinks that we're actually going to be going to Russia for the first round. And if you look on the FIM calendar, it does have a little star next to it with TBC. So, yeah. That, if any, anytime there's a thing on an MXGP calendar that says TBC, it's as good as a rest in peace. The, the working rumors are either Italy or a doubleheader in Great Britain. I don't, I don't want to go to Russia. I'm going to put it out there. I do not want to go to... I, I can't be asked with the embassy and the visa. I can't be asked. It is a pain in the ass. I just can't be asked, really. But it's but, only you know, a pain in the ass for UK people, isn't it? No, well, I thought that, but I was talking to some people today who said that uh, everyone has to get visas, apparently. Like, even Belgians and French. And, like, I, didn't, I thought that you didn't. Because remember 2019? Didn't, uh, yeah, 2019, didn't Strybos drive to Russia with Petrov and just, like, sort of... Oh, yeah, went I in think there. you might have, yeah. Went in there, no stress, like, well, hey... Yeah, I think he might have, yeah. So I might, I don't know, yeah. But it's, quite, it's a bit of a pain in the ass, to be honest, because no one thinks Russia's going to happen using logic, but I still need to apply for a visa. So I, it's kind of like, well, what, do, you t- do you risk it and like not apply for a visa, or do you risk getting a visa and then not being able to use it, or not having to use it? So those are my, that's my personal struggle, which no one really cares about. Um, also, it's about, uh, is it about a thousand pounds for the three of you to... To get the visas done. Uh, 200 quid per person. 200 quid, 600 quid. It's 100, it's 100 euros for, a, for a someone uh, in France, Belgium or whatever, based on what I got told today. 200 euros for um, English people. Um, but yeah, uh, Matley's back. I, 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 look, to be honest, I just struggle with it all. I, don't, I, I just can't see how any of it's happening. I had to fight like hell to get out of the UK. Pulled really? up at border control. And the guy went to me, why are you leaving the UK? <laughs> and I was like, work, I'm, I'm working. And he was like, what do you do? And obviously that's, anytime someone asks what I do, it's like, it, like it's just not a... Please hold. hold. <laughs> it's just like, well, it doesn't make sense to people, does it? Like, I write about dirt bikes. And it's just like, well, that's not a job. Like, well. <laughs> so I said to him, I said to him, um, I'm a motorsport journalist, because you know, that could mean anything. 
Yeah. And he went, oh, super bikes. <laughs> and I went, I went, sure. And off I went. There we so, go. If anyone asks, if a border control will listen to this, uh, this is Superbike Vice. Um, but no, genuinely, I had to fight like hell to get out of England. There were seven different stations at the Eurotunnel. I just, sh- I just, it was a lot. So I don't see how people are going to get into England. Um, but I guess it's a long way away and whatever happens, happens. But yeah, so we will see about that. But what I've been saying on the podcast all along is what the riders and teams want to see. And that is, they just, they just want us to get started in Latvia with a triple header. Um, no fans. Let's just get the ball rolling. Let's get started. Let's get some rounds on the board. And then after six rounds, five rounds, we can try and introduce fans back. But let's just get the ball rolling with something that we know worked from last season. I've said it for months on this podcast and the consensus in the tracks and workshops here is everyone thinks the same as that. So, chink for me. Uh, so what are they saying about Great Britain then? Uh, everyone's just, well, everyone's asking me what is, how they can get into Great Britain like I'm bloody Boris Johnson. I don't know. I'm just like, well, I just shrug my shoulders. Like, well, I don't know. To be fair, you both got the same shit hairstyle. Yeah, like, it doesn't, like, I don't know. Everyone's just asking me, like, well, how hard is it going to be for us to get into Britain? And I'm just like, I don't know. I, I literally do not know. I don't know, like, I don't know. But Italy, third round Majora? Yeah, that'd be all right, wouldn't it? I quite, I, 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 would, I would happily take a British first round or Majora first round, or Latvia, to be fair. Or never, like, anything after Russia sounds quite good as a first round. Yeah, I just think if they can bomb out Russia, no, I don't mean actually like you know, bomb, bomb, but like just get rid of Russia and then Britain, Italy, Latvia, Netherlands, Czech, that's, that's good. And then straight into Lommel. Udvela, Finland, it's all good. Not much has actually changed for this calendar. Obviously, the new start date, Russia is the first round, uh, Britain's back, Majora's back, that's all new. But the crux of the calendar from like Lockett to Turkey is all same date, same race. So that isn't. Um, that big of a change. Obviously, Sardinia's on there now, which we heard was coming. Later than I thought, but we heard that was coming. France's TBA, because St. John backed out of running around this year. Something that's been completely overlooked. The Nations is at Mantova. I know. I'm just hoping that's a typo. I, genu- I, like, I genuinely cannot imagine how you can fit everyone into Mantova. I just can't. Like I said, it's a type. I mean, I'm guessing. I'm it, guessing you wouldn't want you wouldn't be fitting everyone into Mantova, would you? Because it would be limited crowd or whatever. I guess. But then again, it's September. Maybe it would be back to normal by then. But even so, there's not really room for camping, is there? And or anything like that. No. The only the only good thing about this, it's not Imola. That's true. So I'll take Mantova over Imola, but yeah. It's a shame that um, they haven't got Mantova, you know, round three, and they've got this, they haven't gone for the nations in Majora. Well, that was the word, wasn't it? It was going to be Majora. Well, the word. Yeah, that's what it's supposed the to. The word pre-COVID was a, it was a battle between Majora and Imola to host the race. But truth be told, I can't see the nations happening anyway. Maybe it will, but I I just can't see it. Also, only just noticed that Sardinia is the week before nations, so it's actually back to back Italy. Yeah. But yeah, apart from that, Argentina, Indonesia, Indonesia to end the calendar, December the 5th in Bali. That'll be something special. I don't know what... You might see me in Sardinia. 
I might go to Sardinia. Why would you choose that one? Uh, I've not been to Sardinia. Leave have I, but I'm not exactly buzzing to go there. Yeah, but you're not exactly worldly. Yeah, but what's so good about Sardinia? What, what the hell would make you go like, oh, so I want to go to Sardinia? Like, what is it? Because it's a beautiful island. Oh, is it? Exactly. Is it? Absolutely no idea. Yeah, Bali in December will be something special. If it happens. Yeah, I'd like it to happen. I've been looking forward to my Bali trip. <laughs> but the, the interesting thing is going to be that at least they've picked a date to start it off, whether it's going to be Russia or not. But it, it's now everybody knows what they're working towards. Hey, I, look, I don't want to shit on everyone's parade here. Even if we start in Russia, that's two months away. That's a long time. You're not shitting on everybody's parade. It's just you. I don't know if I can handle another two months. Well, so, so how are you feeling about um, coming back to the UK and uh, are you going to go to the British Championship? I don't know. I'm just, I'm very, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not in a good place at the moment with the whole calendar situation. I just want to, I want, like, the bad thing about coming to Belgium is it kind of wet my appetite a little bit because I'm like, oh, okay, this, oh yeah, motocross, that's right, isn't it? And then now you're going to take it away from me. Like dangling a carrot, and now I'm just like, oh, uh, oh, and gone. Like, brilliant. You sound like a kid who's lost his football. Basically, yeah. But then again, I'll try my best to get over that. Right. More importantly, obviously, it was obviously the, the calendar was big news, and, and it's great to see Matt Lee back on there. And let's just hope. Uh, I mean, it looks like it's going to be 10,000 people. Yeah. 10,000 people are going to be. Uh, possibly the government's going to let 10,000 people go to an outdoor event uh, by that time in June. So you've got to believe that hopefully that's going to be a sellout for Steve Dixon. Now, this would be very, very good for him to try and obviously get some money back. If he could have a double header, then um, obviously you're, you're paying out for a lot of, the, a lot of the stuff. So if, if he could have a double header in the, in the UK, this could work out quite well for Steve. Yeah. And for, and for British motocross and, and GPs in general, but um, I don't think any of the riders are going to moan about to back it, it madly, maybe. No, everyone, uh, for some reason, for some things I've been working on, we've done some favourite track things with some riders. Yeah. And everyone said madly, which is wow. I didn't actually see coming. No, yeah, I'd, I'd take anything over Russia. Just like, give me a, give me a, a quadruple header in Sardinia. Give me anything. Right, so let's get back to what we discussed at the start of the show, which is the biggest news. You're in Holland, Netherlands, Belgium, all around. Yeah, living my best life, to be fair. So, what's been happening? Um, not a lot, you? Oh, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> I don't know, what, do you want me to run through a couple of my, like, well, let's do it. Actually, why are you there? Well, actually, before, well, okay, I was going to do something different. I was just going to say, do you want me to run through a couple of my hot opinions that I've generated since being here? Uh, are they relevant to the show? Yeah. That's not oh, just okay. opinion. Okay. You ready? Yep, yep, yep. Okay. What are my hot opinions? Okay, we'll discuss after. Just let me get through them. Okay. Jeffrey Hurlins is your 2021 MXGP world champion. Oh, Fact. Jesus. Okay. What, what the hell was that? Fact. What is that? Can you not hear what it says? No. Fact. Fact. <laughs> that is the worst fact I've ever heard. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It sounds like... Oh, 
That's a shame. Uh, ben Watson yeah. will be the top MXGP rookie this year. Fact. <laughs> um, what else do we I need? Have? We need to talk about these same things. Um, Paul Jonas is going to have four plus podiums this year. Fact. What else have I got? What else? Have, what other opinions have I generated since I've been here? Uh, can't remember any others. Uh, to be honest, you've kind of shit on my parade with my Fact. button. So. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It was a shit button. To be fair, it's quieter than in testing earlier. It's quieter than... So I'm not sure what's happened. Apologize. Yeah, you really need to work on that one. Um, so, uh, okay. Uh, how did you get to Hurlins as your 2021 champion? Um, well, I don't want to... Obviously, I don't want to, like... I hope you're sitting down for this. Well, it, the thing is, is we kind of talked about this a couple of shows ago, and we were saying that it's not just a Jeffrey Hurlins, it's Prado, Caroli, and now you just turn, you know, you just threw all that, you know, away, and you're just announced that he's the 2021 well, champion. Are you sitting down? Yes, I have for to. My, my, for my um, analysis on why he's going to be a 2021 world champion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is it a long one? No. That's what she said. Okay. You were sitting down. Yep. He's quite fast on a motocross bike. Oh, for fuck's sake! I had to come to Belgium across many borders to learn this. Yeah. But Jesus, he's quite quick on a motocross bike. Yeah. He, um, no, genuinely, like, uh, we were at a hard pack track with him on Wednesday and in a sand track with him on Saturday. And, um, obviously, like, at a GP, you stand from a distance within reason, don't you? Whereas at the sand track on Sunday, Saturday, there was kind of no, like, uh, like restriction to it. So I was just stood, like, right on the side of a jump. And he went around this corner in front of me. And I was genuinely like, holy hell, what have I just seen? And I just stood there for like eight laps in a row. And every lap I was like, Jesus Christ, I need to see that again. Jesus, like, quite, quite um, astonished me, to be honest. Um, and it made me go, you know what? I mean, it, it just brought back a load of feelings of like, you know what? He was 60 points up after six rounds last year. And like, you know what? How can anyone go faster than this? And I was like, you know what? What are we doing? Like, why, are we why are we dancing around the, the point here? I, he's got to be my pick for the 2021 MXGP title. Wow. Um, so uh, when you're talking with Prado next week and he goes around the corner really fast, is he going to be your 2021 champion? Uh, Prado's not in Belgium, so I'm unlikely to be influenced by that. Okay. Um, no, it's just, it's just uh, yeah, uh, but, uh, yeah, that is what it is. Um, Was he pleased to see you? Yeah, I think everyone's just surprised to see me. I don't think anyone expects to see me in Belgium, to be honest. I think it's, a, I think did, it's kind of like a, oh no, look on most did, people's did, faces. Did you hug or just a fist bump? Fist bump. I've got very good at fist bumping since I've been here. Okay. That's for sure. I did, I, I've learned how to do that very you're well. A, you're a keen fist bumper now, are you? No. Um, but as far as like, um, as far as like uh, preparation goes, Obviously, this has now been the longest off-season ever. And it does seem as though everyone is pretty much finished with testing. Like, it doesn't seem like anyone, at least from what I've overheard and what I've seen and what I've sort of like, been around, it doesn't seem like anyone is really uh, reinventing the wheel at this point. It seems like everyone is just doing laps rather than let's try this and let's try this. It seems like everyone's got a, like, it's kind of in a good place. Obviously, making tweets working on like balance of bike and sort of stuff like that but no one's really like it's not like everyone's grinding out like doing testing at the moment everyone's just kind of riding 
doing laps. But I guess that's what you get when you get a really um a really long off season. Uh, interested, I was interested to see the air shock on a couple of Austrian bikes. Obviously, the air shock. Eagle eyes. Obviously, the air shock. It was pointed out to me. Obviously, the air shock. You nearly, you, you nearly took credit for it. Obvi- like obviously, the air shock on um, the air shock that Cooper Webb's been running in Supercross or was running in Supercross. A couple of GP riders have been running uh, all off season or for parts of the off season. So, yeah, interesting to see that is actually coming into GPs as well. In, and it will be interesting to see how long that's if that's if that is on bikes at round one and if it stays there because obviously uh, Webb danced around with a little bit and then ultimately went with Spring so that that'll be interesting to see. Okay, I've kind of lost my train of thought. What was I talking who, about? Who pointed that out to you? Huh? I'm not at liberty to say. Oh, okay, okay. So Hurling's 2021 champion. Yep. Um, okay, what was the next thing you said? Oh, uh, Ben will be top MXGP rookie. Okay, explain. Uh, he, he looked fast. Great. <laughs> great, great analysis. No, I don't know. I've all, I, to be fair, I've always said it. I just, it just kind of confirmed it to me. I was like, fuck, he looks good on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen much of Olsen? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, first day, first day um, we were here, we went to a track with um, Husky MXGP and Husky MX2. Okay, how's, how's Olsen looking? Yeah. Yeah, good. It wasn't. He was. It was only him and Jazakonis there on four fifties. So um, there wasn't like much of a comparison to make. But no, yeah, it looks like just looks very solid. Yes, but would be the best but point. not as fast as Ben. I don't. I just. I've got a, a hard on. What did I? What did we bet? Fifty quid that he gets a podium this year. I can't remember. Yeah, I bet you bet fifty quid on it, like against that, and I bet fifty quid for it. I'm feeling quite good. Yeah, yeah. What was my other thing? Um. Oh, Jonas. Yeah, Jonas yes. is quite good. And it wasn't until I no saw shit. Until- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I tell you what, this money we've invested on you going to Belgium is really paying for itself. Hurlings is fast, could win. Ben's looking good, and Jonas is all right. Yeah, great. I have It wasn't until I saw Jonas in person. But I was like, oh yeah, you, ha- you didn't actually race at all after COVID last year. So he hasn't, I was like, oh Jesus, I haven't actually seen you in person since like Vulcan Swild or Matley. And then I was like, well, obviously I haven't seen him ride in over a year either. So when I was watching him ride and he looks a lot better than I remember. Like, I was kind of like, oh, hmm, that's interesting. And also, in talking to him, he seems uh, extremely, extremely happy with his new, his new digs at Standing Construct. I think, okay. I think that works very well for him. Yeah? I think that whole setup works. Well, we know, we know the Standing Construct setup works for riders because Max praised it nonstop. Obviously, Koldenhoff did really well there. So, I, th- I just feel like that sounds like it's a very good fit for Jonas. And also, interesting... Uh, Jonas said that the bike feels a lot smaller than the Husqvarna 450, which obviously you'd think it's the same bike, but he said it just feels more like a 250. And he feels like he can ride it more like a 250. That's interesting. So, I mean, he's a MX2 world champion. So you hear that and you're like, hmm, that's, well, that, well, that, if, even if it's, even if it's all in his head, that seems positive. 
and he's and he's not the biggest either, is he? No, and uh, he said as well. Uh, there's no like, there's no lingering effects from his uh, injuries last year. Like he doesn't have to worry about his back at this point, or like, oh, can't do too much because like I'll ache or I'll have. Uh, and yeah, I do. I do really believe he's going to be really good this year. Much, much better than anyone expects. Purely because no one's talking about him because he's not raced in over a year. Like Vlanderen and also Mitch. Yeah, uh, Vlanderen's actually uh, back on a bike for the first time this week. Really? He's only literally just got back on, a, like getting back on. A yeah, bike. obviously he had his ACL done, didn't he, at the uh, end of last year? So, well, like, uh, okay. So what's that? Four months. Yeah, but he said he's. Um, he said that. The June thirteenth date uh, works fine for him. Like that's more than enough time to get ready. So, awesome. Yeah, that's all systems go there as well. Uh, one thing I was going to say about Jonas was uh, was Harry Everts there? Was he still is he still working with Harry Everts? I think I saw Harry Everts, but then when I spoke to Jonas, I didn't see Harry Everts. But then I swear I saw him from a distance. He is still working with him though. Cool, cool. But yeah, just maybe not. I don't. Yeah, I think I saw him. He'd probably seen you and just thought, fuck's sake, and just walked off. Probably. That seems to be the effect that most people have. Yeah. What else have I seen? I'm trying to think who I've been to tracks with. I'll tell you what. What? One of the, tra- the hard pack track I went to on Wednesday was like not very good at all. I'm surprised that GP riders go there. Really? It also like, Obviously, it's the same in America, but in England, we are proper, like, strict on groups and, uh, like, experts, novices, youth. Um, it's still quite mental, like, going to Lommel and then seeing all these GP riders just, like, blitz around the outside of some kiddie on a 65 who's just trying to survive. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was quite a few times when I was like, imagine if, you, imagine if you're, like, eight. And Strybos comes around the outside of you wide open. You just absolutely shit yourself. Just be like, oh, I'm not doing this anymore, Dad. You know what? I thought, I thought Strybos looked good as well. Okay. Like, I don't know if maybe that's the same thing where like, obviously he hasn't raced in over a year, so maybe I just didn't. Did you get to talk to Kevin much? No. Did you not see our Twitter exchange? No, I didn't. I missed that. Oh. I put a video of him riding on my Twitter and said... And oh, I'm here and to I support just support you, Kevin Strybos. And he replied with, Wow, so nice to talk to you. Thanks for coming over to catch up. <laughs> uh, but I couldn't find him. I looked for him because I like Kevin. I get on with him well, and I could not find him. So, oh, wow. Yeah. But, wow. But I hear from other Geben riders, I hear that having him on the team is very positive for like a good influence on testing, a good influence on direction of the team. Uh, I think having Kevin on that team will benefit Vlandering and Vandonic to no end. Really? Yeah. That's I've, interesting. And if I'm like completely my own speculation and opinion, if Geben aren't lining Strybos up to manage that team when he retires, then they need their heads testing. Because you, if, if I'm any MXGP team right now, I'm already looking to the day that Kevin retires and trying to fit him into my team as a manager, tester, coach, in some way, because I think he'll be, um, I think he'll be handy at that. He's got a lot to offer, hey. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I'd say so. What else? What else do you want from me? Well, I, let's let's talk a little bit about why you guys are there. Um. Okay. And that might prod some more thought into other people that you've been kind of working with. Well, I can't give away too much about what like has been said, like what we. But so 
essentially what one of our projects this year in association in in association in association with Monster Energy is we are producing a series on MXGP, <gasps> which is really? like yeah, that is also fact. Um, oh, fact, you ruined it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're doing a six-episode series. So tell it, sell it to me, sell it to okay. me, sell it to the people listening. Effectively, we're going for not, not a strong start. We're going for something as close to what Formula One did as possible on Netflix. It's that strong. Obviously, that's a high bar, but from what we've done so far, it's kind of exceeded my expectation. Like, I've kind of, I'm quite impressed with what we've got so far already. Like, I'm like, okay, this is going better than I even imagined. Some of the interviews we've done are like genuinely the best interviews I've ever like done in my life. The the second we kind of pitched to the riders what we're kind of attempting to achieve here, they were all in and kind of have opened the door to subjects that are kind of taboo in the sport, Ooh. which is quite, which is quite good. So yeah, we've got like proper setup now. We've got uh, black screens for the interviews and like lights and all very. We've we've really really gone for it. it. The series is called MXGP Against All Odds. I think. I think that was. Oh, that's brave announcing it already. Well, it's just a name. Okay. Should I have not have said that? One of the things I did see from the the series, which made it very exciting. Was the fact that? Uh, oh wait, Sean, wait, 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 no, wait, 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 hold on. You can't. I, I'm not sure what you're about to say, but there's a very sensitive thing about keeping things a surprise. So if you're going to talk about any of the videos that we've sent you, probably best not to, because you will piss okay. off the video team. No, no problem. So probably or any the of the best... subjects of the video. Okay, so probably the best thing I've seen so far is that the team had green screened you. So they got you to test out the green screen and then what they've done is superimposed you into lots of different <laughs> movies and stuff. And the first one being the in-betweeners, which was very funny. Wait, what else have I been superimposed into? I've, oh. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said. I only saw the in-betweeners one. Oh. 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 Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, cut! <laughs> got to rewind. Oh. Yeah, so... I mean, obviously, there's this this really cool monster um, episode series which is coming out, but also you've got to see uh, Lewis starring in many, many films um, with his green screen performances, which are just awesome. Oh, happy days. Right. Part one was presented by Fly Racing. Fly Racing's redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. So, segments coming up. Blenzel Performance of the Week, Leah Ask Vice Anything, Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week, and Arma, You Smarter Than a Birth at the end of the show. We'll be back in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, 
which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point. Or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles. Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Brox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 65 of the MX Vice podcast show. Part two is presented by Technical Touch with an air-oil-separated closed cartridge design that is well-known in the MX world the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. You too can experience the best in suspension like Jeremy Seaware and Ben Watson and close to home too. Visit https www.technical-touch.com kyb-authorize-dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your country. Take your ride to the next level. So, Lewis, we've had some questions. Are these new questions? Are they questions from last week's episode? I can't remember because you delayed this podcast by a day, so I can't remember what questions I prepared. Although, I did ask for questions last week because we were planning to do one, and then I got too busy in Belgium. So, I didn't include those questions. So, maybe there were some good ones that I could have added in. But, hmm. hey-ho. I'll, I'll, have, I'll have a little look now while we go through these questions, see if there's anything that could... Yeah, I had a little delay to yesterday's uh, podcast. I had a little, little crash on Monday while I was riding. Not that anybody cares. Um, so it's either ACL or MCL, but it was going so well. Last corner, last session, just got excited. Just got excited. And uh, that's the power of the Kawasaki. So Leah, ask Vice anything? Leah, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Liat has taken another step forward with the introduction of another boot to their range, the all-new 4.5. This boot offers many of the features from the super successful Liat 5.5 Flex Lock boot with advanced technology like the slide lock closure system and extended foot peg riding zone. But at a mid-range price point, 4.5 boots are available worldwide for £254 or €299. So, Lewis, are you ready? Sure am. Okay, at Greg Ski 99 where are the riders training now in Corona time? See, these are the questions I wanted to ask you because it's like how you've obviously been speaking to the riders. How have they been affected by all of this? Um, 
Well, like, forget Gregski's question. Just answer mine. Everything's kind of normal, but I like there was. Um, I was supposed to be in Germany today with a team, but at a weekend, Germany changed the rules so that if you're now traveling from Belgium, the Netherlands to Germany, uh, even by car, you get stopped at the border and have to produce a negative COVID result. So that team has now changed their plans and rerouted the train into um, the Netherlands. So it was all quite normal, but now stuff like that's coming in, which means that Germany's off the cards, like, which is Grovenbreuch, um, which people might... Grovenbreuch? Grovenbreuch? Which people <laughs> might remember from... That was the track that... Uh, that was the track that the first video of Villapoto um, in, on a MXGP bike came out at. So things are changing all the time, but as far as it's pretty much normal, really. It's nothing. The, the biggest impact is the amount of tracks that are closing over here, but everyone's doing this normal thing of like Lommel, Beethoven, Duren. Um, it's all quite normal. Nothing's really been impacted too much. I think, okay. I think from what I've read, uh, when COVID first hit last year, they closed. Belgian people couldn't go to the Netherlands and the Netherlands people couldn't go to Belgium and couldn't go to Germany and couldn't go to France. And I think that caused like the most chaos ever. So the decision was made this time around to not close those land borders, which means that everyone could just kind of mosey around as they wish. Like we've gone to we've gone from the Netherlands to Belgium probably twenty five times in the last week, and not once have we been questioned or stopped or anything. So brilliant, see Brit law. I've broken many laws. I'm a, I'm like a caged animal. <laughs> you are a caged animal. So, there we go. I uh, hope that answers your question at Gregski99. At Gene Krukeen. I'm not sure if it's connected, but it just sounds cool. Uh, do they make water in Europe? Just curious, because every track I see looks like it hasn't been watered in ages. Do they make water in Europe? Yeah, the idea of prepping a practice track doesn't really exist. Really. Apart from, like, the odd occasion. Like, we went to Lommel on Thursday, and it was bone-dry and dusty and rough. And then we went to Lommel on Friday, and it was still bone-dry and dusty and rough. Like, it's just, like, the idea of coming to a practice track and it being perfectly prepped just doesn't really exist, apart from the odd occasion or certain examples. That's kind of interesting, hey? Because is that the same for kids? All ages, they just go to the track and it's not been prepped or anything and they just got to ride it rough. Well, obviously, different tracks, different days, they have different thing, plans, but yeah, pretty much. That's, that's kind of interesting because like obviously in the UK, a lot of people complain if um, uh, it's not manicured right or um, the soil's not a certain, like, slanted to left or right, like when the, they've gone around and harrowed it. Yeah, it's like a different world though, isn't it? Like, Practicing in England is so strict with so many different things of like, just, I don't know, like, everything's so restricted and there's so many rules. Whereas even America, there's just not that. Like, you turn up and you ride and you go home. Here, you turn up, you ride, you go home. Whereas in England, you turn up, you do a 20-minute session, you sit around for an hour, you do it, like, it's just, it's just shit, really. Funny, funny, funny how it's all different. Okay, at Simon underscore Finn, why does Lewis think Ben Watson is going to be the best 450 rookie and not TKO? That's a pretty interesting question because he kind of 
knew that you were going to say this on the show before you even said it. Well, thanks to thanks for um thanks for visiting MX Vice, James. I actually wrote a column on Monday. Really, my thoughts and observations from what I've seen in Belgium and what I've learned. That sounds good. Yeah. Where where can you find that? And in our, in that I wrote that um I'm ready to stamp Ben Watson as the top 450 rookie. So okay. the, that was already a fact. Fact. <laughs> it doesn't get better. What was the question? <laughs> Why does Lewis think Ben Watson is going to be the best 450 rookie and not TKO? I just think I think that I think that Ben has a lot of upside still. I think there's still like I think the Ben So, so do you Thomas? I think the Ben at the first round is going to be good, but then the Ben at the fifth round is going to be better and then the Ben at the 10th round is going to be better again and then the Ben at the 15th round is going to be better again like I see a lot of opportunity. I see a lot of progression there and I see I I just genuinely have a very good feeling about not only how this could go this year, but also years after. Don't get me wrong, TKO is going to be bloody good as well, and it's probably going to be like splitting hairs. I imagine they'll be quite close, but at this point, I've got to put my chips and my money in a corner, and that's, that's the way I'm going. Is it because Ben's better looking? You just have to make things strange, don't you? I don't know what, how your mind works. <laughs> But no, that's where I'm, that's where you've got to make a prediction and that's where, that's the horse I'm backing. Okay, you're backing the Ben horse. The Watson wagon. I really need a wagon sound drop. No, you know, you don't. I was actually looking, I was actually looking for some kind of like wagon noise and there weren't really any good ones around. No, and and, and we had this conversation. The whole reason I haven't got sound bites is because you say that I would abuse them. You're abusing this show with your sound bites. I really haven't. I really haven't, because like, yeah, but that's just one noise I've made, which is, which is shit. At Hank Yan Lois, James, how proud are you of Sam Lowe's two-time win in Qatar in a Moto Two class? I put this question in because, like, I put this question in because none of the words made sense to me. Sam, don't understand. Lowe's, don't understand. Two-time, don't understand. Qatar, don't understand. Moto Two, don't understand. I just don't understand. Okay. It's like um, foreign. It's basically in Chinese. That question: Who is Sam yeah. Lowe's? What is it? How can you have a two-time winning Qatar? Like, how is that possible? Were there two races in Qatar? Why were there two races in Qatar? What the hell is Moto Two? I know what Moto GP is. What the hell is Moto Two? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I put the question in because I read it and I was like, I don't understand. Maybe James will considering the questions. Aimed at him. So, uh, Sam Lowe's has a brother called Alex Lowe's. Both are very good riders. Um, uh, Moto2 class is uh, the one under MotoGP. Okay, so that's kind of Moto2 class in go up to MotoGP class. Uh, and rides Kawasaki. Is that all you've got? <laughs> That's all I've got. Um, got anything about his two-time two time win in Qatar in the Moto2 no, class? Which I presume was the weekend. So um, uh, I, I didn't actually catch any of the results, which I should have. But um, yeah, I've just been flat out busy, um, completely distracted by my own riding. So I do apologize, uh, Hank. I would have contributed massively to that question. Um, given if I wasn't riding myself. 
So I, I would just like to first and foremost apologise to Henk and also to Sam, but also congratulate Sam on his two-time winning Qatar. So I don't think we need to talk about this anymore. No. Okay, so yeah, MotoGP had a Qatar double header to start. So I guess that's how you have a two-time win. Yeah. Okay. At Blake Maitland, who will who sorry, who will the MXGP paddock? I think that's meant to say who will return to the MXGP paddock first. Yeah. Maybe maybe just check these questions over because you know, just just saying there's like words missing. So who will Pretend there's a return in there to the MHG paddock first. Suzuki, TM, or a new manufacturer? I presume that you can't blame Blake for the lack of the word return because I typed that up from Instagram, so I probably missed it. First of all, just in case Blake's listening to this and getting an outrage. Yeah, apologies, Blake. It's just Lewis has just been half-assing it around Europe. So... Well, I think probably TM's got well, a better chance. T- I mean, TM are kind of ish in the paddock with an EMX 250 effort. So they're ish. It's not factory TM as it was, but they're still ish around. Someone told me that there's a new Suzuki bike coming soon. Really? Yeah. Nah. Ooh. Yeah. Moving on. Nah, I don't know if I should have said that. Hmm. Moving on. I don't know. Suzuki is so far out of it. For some reason, maybe I'm just riding the beta wave. And also, I saw Van Horvick ride the beta for the first time. And it looks stranger in person to see the bike. If beta have done it, wouldn't Sherco or someone else appear? Like, Is that a chance? I feel like yeah, that's I mean, a chance. Yeah, we've seen Fantic as well. So it's like, yeah, you've got to think that. Um, who knows? It could be Kajiva. I'd like to see Kajiva return. Or even Mako. Mm. That'd be cool. Mm. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Okay. At Chris United 93, with him looking decent on the beta, although it's likely... You, you missed uh, the question. Well, we, we could have done that one after. It kind of uh, goes along with the previous question. Okay. At Braden underscore boot, with beta and gas gas joining MXGP, does that just make it harder for Suzuki to return? I don't know how that would make it harder. No, I don't think it would. I think we want to see more manufacturers in there because it brings more opportunities. I guess the only way you could say it would make it harder is there's more of a bidding war for the top riders then because if Beta and Gas Gas weren't in the paddock, if a top rider wanted to get on a top level team and had been shut out of the big five or six, then um, you would go Suzuki. Whereas now there's like extra opportunities and there's only so many top, top riders to go around, so you're kind of like, I don't know, maybe that's it. But I don't, I don't see how it can make it tougher for Suzuki to return. But I just don't see it happening because there was so much hype and excitement of like, yeah, this is when the contract's up and they can return to MXGP. This is when, yeah, they're, they're talking about this. Yeah, Suzuki had a presence in the team manager's meeting uh, with MXGP, so that must mean they're interested. And it's all just come to nothing. Suzuki's been gone a while now. What is, how, when did they go? Um, end of 2017. 17, yeah, end of, yeah, end of 2017. That's a while. Yeah. They're obviously not back this year. So by the end of this year, you're looking at four full years. That's a long time to be out of something. Yeah. Normally, if someone leaves something and then returns, it's a year or two break. It's never a 
four-year break and then, oh, one day, let's just return. But you never know. Yeah, I hope so. I, I'm a big fan of Suzuki. I still, you know, I was watching some Suzuki's the weekend and it, it, it's, they're just so good. I love Suzuki's. It'd be, I'd love to see them back. Uh, okay, at Chris United 93, with him looking decent on the beat, although it was likely uh, it came down to money, how did Van Horbeek not land the KRT seat? He brings solid results that could back up February and bring in the sponsor money. It's kind of like one of those things, isn't it? You're once, well, first of all, first of all, Monticelli paid for that ride, so that trumps everything. Maybe, so it's like maybe it, I should it, should I have said, maybe I shouldn't have said that as so matter of a factly. Maybe I should have said that more compassionately. Um, it is what it is. It is what it is. Also, Van Horbeek's been there, so typically once you've been there, you don't really kind of go back. Like that's just not really how it works, apart from the odd exception. I was going to say it's not like an ex-girlfriend. No, like just that's just how it. Like most of the time, aside from a couple of JGR riders in America, once you kind of have been on a team, you don't just leave, you don't then leave a team and then go back. It just doesn't really work like that. So, and also, if you're KRT, you're going to invest in a younger rider than Van Horbeek because what's the value of getting a rider who you know will only be around for another what two years max? Although I do, I do agree, he could have been a good second factory rider. Like he could have, he would do well for them. You've just, it's not a smart business move for the future because you've got to focus forward and look for something that can work out over the next five years, maybe. And that could be Monticelli. He's obviously shown flashes here and there, so why not? Why not? Why not say he gets a couple of whole shots, a couple of top sixes, uh, finishes top 10 in the world, that's, that's good. That's okay. And then they've got something that, that, that can work for the next four years. Whereas with Van Horbeek, that would only work for one or two years. Although you, the only way you would then say that might be, have been a good option, money aside, also uh, Van Horbeek demands a decent-sized paycheck. So if you compare that to uh, Monticelli paying his way, there's like a good difference there. Of, that's probably it's a huge difference. It's probably a half a million swing. And, and then some. Yeah. Where was I going to go with that? Uh, where was I going to go with that? Oh, the only good way, the only good thing you could have said about maybe signing Van Horbeek, if you ignore the money, is Van Horbeek moving on to retirement in a year or two would have then um, opened the door for Mostite to move to 450s. Although that would still mm -hmm. be quite early uh, for him. So maybe that's, uh, no, maybe that's a non-factor. But they never, would have, they never would have gone for Van Horbeek because they would never pay a second rider as much as Van Horbeek wants and Van Horbeek wouldn't have ridden there unless the money was good. So, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I hope that answers the question. At Marpav73, what do you think about Swiss MXON victory with Siwa, Tonus, and Guillo? Um, as I've said before, I think that is a good nation's team, but it just never seems to work out like the right way. It's never worked out where they're all on top form when it comes to the nations. Like, yeah, there's always on one injured teams. or one's had a bad year or what. Like, it's never worked out where all three are like absolutely firing all, on all cylinders and like, here we go kind of thing. Yeah. So, can they like, podium? Yes, 100%. But a win, like, Suetonus Guio is a good team, but compare that to Herlin's 
Koldenoff and Mostai Kovlander in. And there's kind of not much of a competition there. So, yeah. Agreed. At Svenahoff underscore 92, how is Davy Puches? Have you seen Davy at all? No, um, he, obviously, he obviously almost lost his arm last year. So it's a kind of a, it's a, it's a long road back from that. And uh, it, I think it might be a little while before we see him on the track again. But I think it's just, at the moment, it's just all about working back from that the right way. Because obviously the last thing you want to do is rush fat or do anything to harm anything like that. So, yeah. Okay. At Thomas underscore Saracen, when are we going live with phone-ins? Fan interaction. Come on, we can do this. I've really, I'm, to be honest, I'm kind of at wit's end. Actually, that, that's one of the things I need to talk to you about because if I'm going to, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be in Belgium because I was meant to go home today and that hasn't happened. Yep. There might be an opportunity for someone, a rider wants to do a podcast, but not about them. So, I don't know. Mysterious. How, huh? Mysterious. I don't know how to, I don't know whether like maybe that's next week's podcast or, but then you wouldn't be in it. So I don't know how that would, I don't know, but I'm still, I'm, I'm yeah, I want to do fan call-ins. We'll see how it goes. We'll figure it out. We'll get there. Okay. okay. I mean, I also wanted to do fan call-ins from episode one, but James was always adamant that we do not want fans calling in because he hates the people. Fuck off, Lewis. That is the biggest amount of bullshit I've ever no, heard. No, it's true. I, I, that is, that you always is said not that you true. don't want fans calling in. No, I, ne- I have never said that. You said, fuck them, is what you said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God. Well, anybody who's listened to the last 64 episodes of the MXY show would know that's utter shit. If you've just started listening to episode 65, um, that is your Liat Ask Vice Anything. Liat has taken another step forward with the introduction of another boot that arranged the all new 4.5. This boot offers many of the features from the super successful Liat 5.5 Flex Lock boot with advanced technology like the slide lock closure system and extended foot peg riding zone, but at a mid range price point. 4.5 boots are available worldwide for £254 or 299 euros. Whoo! Right, Lewis. It's that time for another break. And then we're going to be back with uh, Armour, You Smarter Than a Birth, Blenzel Performance of the Week, and Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week. See you in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. 
from top tuners like Terry Varner and factory level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 Two Stroke World Championship using Blenzel, nothing out lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster based two stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 65 of the MX Vice Show podcast. Now presented by Prox Performance Parts, the final part of the MX Vice Show is brought to you by Prox Performance Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. So, Lewis, is it still snowing over there? Or are you okay? Um, no, we've had two days of non-stop snow, but it's not meant to snow again now. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and and uh, you're obviously staying in a nice hotel over there. I'll tell you what, hotels are bloody... like. There's no cheap hotels for some reason. I don't know if it's because they're trying to claw back money from COVID. But... Um, I couldn't find any cheap hotels, which is a problem, but hey-ho. So you had to, what, I bet, uh, yeah, had to just uh, go with the Van der Volk, I guess. Four stars, so it's not five. Four stars. It's not bad for a four star, though. I don't know, it's a bit, of a, it's a bit shitty, to be honest. The Wi-Fi is a bit terrible. Um, there's, you can't go in the gym, you can't go in the pool. The restaurants are shut. The only way you can get food from the hotel is if you do room service and the menu's limited to four items a night. How many um, times have you complained on this trip to, to the Van der Volk? Not many, only on the first day. And that was only because I walked into my room and where the fridge is meant to be, there was a massive gaping hole. And I was like, well, I'm going to need a fridge, aren't I? So I just went straight back down to reception and was like, my room is fridgeless. Okay. Uh, did they correct that issue? Yeah. And they also said, oh, so sorry, Mr. Phillips. You seem to always have issues when you come here. <laughs> um, did they uh, obviously you're well known to them ever since you turned up in reception in your boxer shorts no we're not telling that story we're not telling that story <laughs> I don't want anyone knowing about our story <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, okay we'll move on <laughs> it was a funny story it, we've said about it before no, we it's haven't. hilarious we haven't, we haven't we have no 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 I wouldn't have allowed that no, we have. We, I reckon it was like episode 32 or something like that. We what about a random it. number you just played. Yeah, I can remember it. I can remember it. No, because I'm pretty sure Definitely. you tried telling it and I shut you down then as well. What a story that is though. But yes. Uh, okay, let's talk about our Planet Moto bombshell of the week. Yeah, my... Lewis, bo- Lewis oh. been in the reception in your boxer no. shorts? No. Okay. Okay, we'll go with yours. Um... Um, okay okay fact Um, that's that's a bombshell it's gone off my bombshell of the week is the new Husky MX2 well the new Nastan Rockstar Energy Husqvarna factory MX2 rider Jesus uh, Christ say that after two points in MX in MX250 Maxime Gras Gras or however you say it 
Yeah. It's bloody good. <laughs> yeah. Especially on hard pack. Obviously, I, I never even barely really heard of him. He raced Matterley last year on a one two five, and then got injured and never raced again all year. So when they signed him, he kind of wasn't really on the radar. But he is quite good, and he's only like 15, and he's really small, but he is quite quick, especially on hardback. Like, he is very talented. Yeah. I've got I'm quite, like, considering I had zero expectations, because I'd never really heard of him or knew of his history, he is quite good and could end up being... I, this is a big claim, but I wouldn't be surprised if he follows Tom Vial's path. Really? That is actually quite a bombshell, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, interestingly, he was on a French satellite team last year, and I never realized, but he was actually under a factory contract at that point. He was just placed on this French satellite team. So obviously, you're good if, you, if the Austrian factory have noticed you that much, you're good. So that shouldn't so be what, a surprise. At like 14 years old, he was on a factory bike in a No, no, in not, a not, on a fa- not on a factory bike. Oh, okay. But but had, a, sorry, had a factory contract. Yeah. So like, okay. they, like, they obviously noticed him from somewhere. And just, uh, what, what country is he from? France? Yeah. Okay. No, he is, he is quite talented. Like, not even if you, if you want to like, ignore speed-wise, just on a bike, he is very, very talented. Uh, that's probably been my biggest surprise this week. It's kind of like, oh, wow, he is... He How is, good he is. Yeah, quite, um, he's quite good. And EMX 250? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. first year on a four-stroke, obviously. Um, what do you think he's going to do in EMX 250? Well, I don't know, because he's going up against Hawkmo and... Um, Sado, Savasai, <laughs> those are former MX2 riders. So there's quite yeah. a difference between them and this 15-year-old kid who can barely touch the ground. Yeah. But, that'd, be, that'd be an interesting story to follow, hey? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm quite excited to see what he does now. Me too. Um, okay, so do, do you want to play this game? I don't know. Do you want to do that or do you want to do Blenzel Performance of the Week? We or, alternatively... Oh. Oh. Or... Um, yeah, alternatively, James, you yes, could Lewis. always inform people that that was the Planet Moto bombshell of the week and escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better. And you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. There is a lot going on at Planet Moto. Get involved and hit tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible by visiting planetmoto.co. And if you need any help, send us a message and we'll get you in touch with the right person and help you find a package that suits you. Yeah, obviously, not only is there still opportunities available at the moment, but obviously things are hopefully going to be opening up in the not-so-distant fu- not so future. So, great time to start making plans and looking at what Planet Moto have available. Well, I had a bit of an idea. Um, because obviously I'm getting back into my uh, riding a little bit and, and really enjoying it. Obviously, apart from the, the little get-off I had. Um, uh, what do you think about this for an idea? We get six to ten kind of like, you know, MX Vice people who we chat to. There's like uh, Kyle Atler, Kyle Richards, and a few other people, Phil White, who I get to meet sort of locally and, and stuff like that, tracks and listen to the podcast show. And then we've got people obviously all over the place or around Europe and stuff. How about we kind of, uh, if you guys are up for it, we have a bit of a uh, five days at Planet Moto. Um, we'll like get ten of us out there, and we can talk uh, bench race and ride every day and get drunk. Obviously, you haven't got to get drunk, Lewis. You can just drink oh. orange. Okay, but you'll you'll need to go as well. You haven't got a ride. You could just turn up um, and just hang out. 
but it'd be good if you if you you, you sort of turned up as well. So, mm-hmm. what do you think about that? Yeah, sure. I think we should do it. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't listening to what you said. Okay, so I'm going to go forward and, and, and get that done. Uh, I'm going to book a week there that we can all go there. And if you're interested in coming along to an MX Vice Planet Moto uh, five days of fun and sangria, then uh, let us know if you think that's a good idea and whether you'll be up for it. There we go. How okay. about that for Planet Moto Bombshell a week? Okay. You could be our waiter, actually. Call you Manuel. Okay. Right. Next. Uh, Blenzel performance of the week, maybe? Let's do it. Did you know that... Did I know what? Well, there was a two-stroke championship over in America the weekend. The same championship that Mike Alessi rode in when he won the, the 2020 title on Blenzel. Oh, really? Did you know that? No. Okay. Well, for over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Castoril has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner to factory-level riders like Michael who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original Green Label Racing Caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile Gold Label. Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop for Blenzel's full line of two-stroke and four-stroke racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow at Blenzel on Instagram. That's at B-L-E-N-D-Z-A-L-L on Instagram. There we go. Right, Lewis. Blenzel Performance of the Week, and I'm guessing it was at a practice track. Far from it, James. What? I'd like to take this opportunity to promote um, the Anstey in America podcast and give the Blenzel performance of the week to Max Anstey for his performance on said podcast. Wow. It's okay. Had, it's had a lot of good reviews. Obviously, I pressed record, but I had nothing to do with that. It was all, um, it was all Max. A lot of people have messaged me and said they've never heard Max uh, so relaxed and kind of off of the... Uh, Interview Max sort of persona. Yeah. He was so, and to be fair, even like I talk to him all the time, obviously, but even doing. Not for a week, though. Even. No, no, I was joking about that. Even doing, (laughs) even doing the interview while I was recording it, I was like, wow, that's interesting. That's interesting. So, like, he talks about um, spotting different starting techniques, like some riders are shifting with their heel out of the gate. And he pointed out that Roxon's really good at that and Dean's really good at that. And he pointed out that Webb does that sometimes, but not all the time. And he put like so many interesting things that you yeah, just so don't... Sh- so shifting with your heel. Yeah. So literally foot in front of the shift lever and as they go hooking Off it up. Gate, yeah, obviously you start both feet down and then yeah. you kind of bring your foot up and like, I guess, clip the shifter as you go kind of thing. <sighs> Might I really, try that at Froster on Sunday. I'm quite disappointed that you haven't listened to the podcast. I am going to, though. I, I don't know if you know, buddy, but I've been, been kind of busy. Well, what did you listen to when you were driving to the track? Uh, to the birds and exactly. nature. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, genuinely, it was like that. He said that was interesting. He talks about how uh, much traction there is on the other side of the gate in Supercross compared to all other racing he does, and that's something that he's kind of had to 
adjust to and figure out. He talks about getting told off at Daytona. Really? He talks about getting told off at Orlando. Well, you'll have to listen to the podcast. Oh, you bastard. He talks about breaking into the baker's factory, which was quite funny. And also still very confusing. I'm still not quite sure how he managed that, but (laughs) hey-ho. Talks about his love of cars. He explained to people where that came from because there was a lot of questions about that. It was genuine, like it was a good, it was a good podcast. I think of a mix of good racing insight, laughs, and sort of casual chat. I thought it was. Um, I really enjoyed doing it. And obviously, monthly episodes. So the end of April, episode two will be dropping. It's on the same podcast feed as this very show. So iTunes, Spotify, etc. Under mxvice.com. I recommend giving it a listen. I'm personally enjoy doing it so I hope everyone enjoys listening to it including you James when you get around to it I bet you did just two friends hanging out talking shit it was genuinely very like very interesting podcast like genuinely very much so Um, he was very open as well more open than I thought he would be to be honest okay also well I will listen to it you you were surprised that um, he got told off at Daytona you were like oh really yeah that was in the Instagram post so you didn't even bother listening to that Huh. <laughs> that was a minute long Instagram post that you couldn't be asked with <laughs> just, I'm just busy Lewis yeah, you no idea. so you're telling me you haven't listened to any Instagram posts in the last week <laughs> I haven't listened to them I I, usually when I'm going through in, Instagram I don't actually have uh, the sound on okay well maybe so. you should go the thing that you I sent you to post on your own Instagram that has sound maybe you want to go and check that out right did I post it? Yes. Well done. No clearly, clearly very blind and didn't know what you were posting. <laughs> Just posted it. Right, let's get this game over and done with and I can go home. Okay. I don't have a home at the moment, so I can't do that. Swanning around. How is the Tinder game in Europe? Any good? To be honest, I've been so busy since I've been here, I haven't even given anything else other than motocross a second thought. That's kind of standard day-to-day for you, though? actually reminds me a funny story. Remind me to tell you a funny story that happened today. Okay. Was it a hot chick showed, her, showed you her breasts and you said, can you mind out the way? I'm watching Jeffrey. No, it was basically a rider, me, telling her, me asking a rider something and them turning around and going to me, why the hell do you care and why the hell do you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which is probably quite believable. <laughs> yeah, very. Okay, so... Uh, it's over to you. Okay. Um, are you smarter than a birth? It's time to find out. It's time for Armour, are you smarter than a birth? Armour is an action and adventure lifestyle-driven brand founded by action sports industry veterans. Armour recognized a void in the marketplace and created a complete line of nutritional supplements formulated especially to help athletes and enthusiasts of all levels realize their maximum potential. Armour's products were developed and tested in real-world conditions by an all-star team of athlete owners that include, but not limited to, Jeremy McGrath, Chad Reed, and Nick Way. Armour Sport is now available in Europe, and, we'll, and we will share a link with the show this week on social media so that you can find, you will see the show, and then you'll also see where you can get armour from. It's that easy. Easy. Not easy. It's <laughs> not easy for you. <laughs> it's that easy. Leave nothing on the table. Choose armour. Wow. Well, I tell you what, listening to that just makes me want to go out and blitz my tits off with armor. Well, you're going to want to blitz your tits off when you get these questions. Oh, jeez. 
right, come on in. Okay, Question. Mate. As normal, six, yeah. point, six points up for grabs today. Uh, four points needed to win. Do I need a pen and paper again? Um, no. Uh, yeah, no, you, if you could go and get yourself a pen and paper, that'd be great. Okay, talk shit, then I'm going to get pen and paper. Okay, uh, you enjoy your travels um, to get pen and paper inside of the office while I talk about my travels, personally, um, to Belgium. It's actually been really great to be around motocross again and see. It's quite weird. I kind of didn't realize I hadn't seen these riders and these people in five months. Like, a lot can happen in five months. A lot can change. And I've learned that. I've learned a lot of stuff that I can't even talk about yet, but will be able to in due course. There's a lot of interesting stuff happening, I believe, and I think, really? and I know. So, yeah, stay tuned, because there's a lot of insight that I will be dropping on this podcast in the coming weeks off the back of what I've learned this week. On Tinder. And that will also make me smarter than a birth. <laughs> Six points on the table, four points to win. Questions okay. one through four are worth one point. Question five is worth two points. Are you ready, James? I am born ready, Lewis. Question one. Yes. Jeffrey Hurlings raced six of the 18 rounds in 2020. Where did he finish in a championship? I'm going to go... Six of the 18 rounds, not many. No, but I'm still going to go... Hmm. This is concerning me that you're looking it up. Oh, no, 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 I'm not looking it up. I'm just thinking... Because he was quite solid. He was there and thereabouts. I'm going to say 14th. Oh, close. 12th. Oh. And my reason for including that question is because I randomly was on the standings the other day. Saw him in 12th and then was like, how the hell do you get 12th racing six of the 18 rounds? No, like, how is that first... possible? No. no. I was going to say uh, something a little bit lower, but I thought, nah, I would be unjust to the uh, other riders. Question I two. Was wrong. Okay. Did Josh Coppins win more overalls on a Honda or on a Yamaha? Hmm. I'm going to go Yamaha. That's correct. Ding, yes. ding, ding. Seven overall wins on a Yamaha, four on a Honda. Whew. Question three. Which manufacturer has more moto wins in MX1 slash MXGP? That's since 2004. Honda or Yamaha? Uh, I'm going to go Tough. Yamaha. That's correct as well. You're two <laughs> points on the board. Um, yeah, they're quite is close. Is that because of Everts? No, it's more. The difference maker is more like, obviously Honda have carded a lot of motor wins with Geyser in the last couple of years. Yeah. But they also had years where they just won nothing. Whereas Yamaha, even in their worst years, there was still like the odd one or the odd two. And that kind of made the difference. Um, okay. But you're two points up so far. Great. Two out of a possible three. And that brings us to question four. Which two riders rode the KRT, then known as the Group Kawasaki, in 2007 MXGP? Oh. Oh. The Group Kawasaki, yeah. Um... That's a hard one. Uh, Seb Porcel? I said two riders. So that's one, yeah? Uh, I cannot either confirm or deny until you give me two. Uh, 
bollocks. No, I don't know the second one. You're not even going to have a guess. Um, We do accept guesses. Strybos, who's never rode a Kawasaki. (laughs) Um, Well, many things wrong there. One, I've got to just list some chronologically. One, as mentioned previously, Seb Porcel is just your go-to answer when you don't know. Yeah. Um, Seb Porcel never rode for DeGroote Kawasaki or Factory Kawasaki, as you could call it. Okay. Um, he did ride for GPKR Kawasaki. Yeah. You also mentioned Strybos and then followed that up with who's never rode a Kawasaki. Also incorrect, but he's never ridden for, again, KRT or Factory Kawasaki. He also rode for GPKR Kawasaki in 2008, I want to say. 2008? Because then, would, Or did he go Honda first? I think it was 2008 Kawasaki, 2009 Martin Honda. But either way, yeah, he was on a Kawasaki for one year, but also not DeGroote Kawasaki or KRT. The answers we were looking for were Tanul Leop yep. and Billy McKenzie. Oh, should have got Billy, but never should have got Tanul. Right, really? okay. Leop was yep. kind of like a firm fixture on um, that team in the 2000s. Not in my mind, he wasn't. I'm just going to cough quickly. And I'm back. Um, question five. You need four points to win. There's two points up for grabs with this one. Oof. So it's all riding on our final exciting question. Once again, I'd like to remind you to not speak until the timer has run out. So work in silence. Okay. Question five. Worth two points. List the last 10 riders to win an MX1 slash MXGP, that's 450, moto on a Honda. List the last 10 riders, essentially list the last 10 MX1 slash MXGP moto winners on a Honda within the time limit, which starts now. Good luck to you. This is obviously a lot riding on this question. Uh, two points up for grabs. You need two points to win. Once this sound ends, you'll either be a winner or a loser. I think you've won this game once in the history of the game, so there's that. But how good would it feel to make that two victories? Two gold medals. That's the time running out. How many riders do I need? Ten. Fuck. <laughs> How many have you got? Seven. Oh, that's quite good. I was expecting you to say like three. Tell me what you've got, James. Uh, okay, I've got Nagel. Correct. Bobby. Correct. Geyser. Correct. Paulan. Correct. Pichon. Incorrect. Townley. <laughs> Correct. How the hell did you get Townley? Coppins. Incorrect. Well, that's fuck that then. You said you had seven. I think you only said six, sir. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. That's, that is seven, but oh, I got did you say wrong. seven? Yeah. I'm so, how the hell did you get Townley? I'm guessing you were just swinging for the fences, obviously. I think I probably was at that point. <laughs> I, but I do, I do kind of remember him on a Honda. In America, oh. maybe. He won. He, the only reason oh, he I know Tadaika uh, is yet another one. The only reason he won a GP motor on a Honda is because he was a wild card at the US GP on a Troy Lee Honda in 2010. Yeah, that'd be it. Yeah, that was what you were thinking. Um, so you were looking for... Uh, De Geyser, Geyser? Paul yeah. Ann? Yeah. Bobochev? DeSalle? Yeah. Didn't get DeSalle? I didn't get DeSalle, no. Leoc? 
They can get Leoc. Fuck Leoc. Nargle. Daruva. Daruva. I should have got Daruva. Dadaika. Uh, yeah, I, was, I yeah. did say Dadaika at the end. That's fine. There's no points for being close to getting them all, though. No, uh, I did say Dadaika yeah, at the no, end. But you didn't get them all, so it doesn't really make a difference. Ben Townley. And finally, Mike Brown. Fucking hell. Obviously, right. you said uh, Coppins and Pichon, and they were moto winners on Honda, but further adrift from the 10 most recent winners. Mm, should have got a point for that. That is a very, very, you know, dodgy question. Well, that's why there's two points up for grabs. There's a so reason why I... there's two points up for grabs, sir. Do I get one point for that, then? Okay, you can have one point. Uh, you still needed three, uh, four to win, and you ended with three. So either way, I'm afraid I have to hit you with... <laughs> Armour, you smarter than a birth? Probably, because that's yet another fail. But hey, we'll be back next week. I think that was a hard... That would be interesting if anybody else got those. Well, the last question? Yeah. Or all of the questions? Well, that last question's hard. Yeah, but there's also... It's not like... There's also other questions you could have got right. If you'd nailed the first four, then you would have already won the game before we'd even got to the final question. So. I was quite happy with my performance this week. I was only two out on the Strybos one, and I would have got over the one. Oh. No, sorry, Hurlin, sorry. I mean, 14th, and he had a 12th. I mean, no, because I wouldn't have given you the one point for the final question, because that's not how it works. I only gave you that out of pity, because I knew it wouldn't make a difference. Such a fuck. Oh. Right. That's it. That's episode 65 done. What, what are you up to the next couple of days? Tell the people I don't what you're know. up to. I don't know when I'm coming home. I'm very stressed. Um, tomorrow I'm going to a track. Friday, it now looks like I'm going to a track as well. That wasn't the plan, but it now seems to be the plan. Saturday and Sunday, I'm not sure. At the moment, I'm meant to be checking out at a hotel on Saturday. I need to speak to you about that. Um, I was meant to be checking out today. I extended it to Saturday. Fun fact. You know you told me to go out and get a pen and paper. Yep. I've walked in with a black Van der Volk hotels and restaurants pen. <laughs> How well, mental is that? It's like we're in sync. All the pens I could have picked up in the world and Van der Volk pen. I, yep. Unreal. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, I'm not sure. Monday, if we're still here, there's something that we can film for this series that I shouldn't say yet, so it's all a bit surprisey. Yeah. Lots of, lots of different stuff going on. We've got lots of different stuff. Far from just filming and doing stuff at motocross tracks. We've, uh, like I say, been to houses, been to doing, just getting some very different stuff. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, just if you're wondering... Um... If uh, where Talon has gone off of this podcast, uh, just over a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, Talon was bought by uh, uh, two new people. Uh, Rob Sartin's uh, moved out of Talon now. We're, you know, he's, not, he's no longer part of it. Uh, and our nine year, um, you know, nine years been working with Talon. Uh, we started their website. I think we started our first website. Social media, we created over 100,000 people on social media done some really, really cool stuff. And after nine years, we had to say goodbye. So that was sad times. But um, good luck to those guys in the future of their business. Uh, good luck to Rob and to whatever he's doing in the future. And uh, yeah, we've got some uh, cool announcements coming out with uh, what we're doing next. So um, yeah, we'll fill you in on maybe next week's podcast show. Um, yeah. That was a goddamn bombshell.
Yeah. Double your money. Um, I like that idea of. Um, uh, I really. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work on this idea with going out to uh, Planet Moto. Okay. An MX Racing. Yeah, I like that. Okay. I mean, there's very there's very COVID heavy at the moment, but you can still do it. Fuck it. I'm thinking about having a minibus where we pick people up along the way. All you got to do is just bring your 24 cans of lager. Sure thing. Yeah. There we go. Right. Well, uh, I'm off. Yeah, are you off to um, watch adult films in the Van der Volk? No, I've, I've, I had something I need. To, oh, I need to book. I haven't booked new hotels yet, which is a problem. I forgot about that. So I need to do that. Okay. Um, just try and, when you do book the adult films, try and do it discreetly and try not to claim back for the business. It's a little bit embarrassing when we go to the accountants. Okay. I can do that. All right. Yeah. And especially uh, those special ones you get. I don't know what would be special, but... Yeah. yeah. No, do I. Well, once you, if, if you've made it this far, you've reached the end of the MX5 show, episode 65. Need another podcast to listen to? Visit the Anstey in America podcast, episode one, available now on iTunes and Spotify. Or, if you're really desperate, <laughs> head over to the Great British Podcast Show, where three people from the West Country talk utter shite. I like the irony there. What? The fact that you've called it the Great British Motocross Show, when in yeah. reality it's quite shit. Exactly. <laughs> that is what we went for. <laughs> that is exactly what we went for. Yeah. It is what it is. I'll be honest with you, James. Be I listened honest. to the first one. Yeah. I made it halfway through the second one, and I yep. haven't pressed play on the third one, but only because I'm over here. So, like, I haven't really had time to listen to podcasts or anything. I'll be honest with you, Lewis. I haven't listened to the Max one. And any other stuff you do, I probably won't listen to either. Well, you've still got to catch up on those post-race podcasts from 2016. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm a terrible friend. This is the thing. Like, I've said this to many people. I could quite easily, I could put up post-race podcasts from a GP that's no noise. Just, I could upload an hour-long just like white noise and just label them as like post-race podcasts with Hurlings, Geyser, Sewer, Watson. And James would just see the Facebook post and be like, good that he's done that. And I could just like, have not done anything, gone home early, put a little white noise thing on there and he would not have a clue. I could have been doing that for the last four years and telling him that the post-race podcasts are going really well and are the most listened to podcasts on MX Vice. And he'd be like, oh, that's cool. Just wouldn't have a clue. I think, I think what you're trying to say is, is the respect and you know, you know how much I value your services and your skill level. It, the reason why I don't have to monitor you. So and plus, uh, technically, um, uh, you're shooting yourself in your own foot because it's uh, your business as well. So there we go. I really, I, I'm, I'm excited for GPs to start. We've got a lot of new stuff coming, and I'm kind of really pissed off at that we haven't been able to do it yet because it's kind of all like I don't really want to do any of it until the GPs start and I'm really pissed off that it's kind of sat on my laptop and not going anywhere yet but so it is what it. it is Lewis it is what it is honourable mention oh yep that this past weekend should have been the MXGP of Oman which means that right now this podcast should be recapping the first round of 2021 MXGP what do you think? Who do you think would have won? Me, as a person, because I would have got to experience a GP. Yeah. 
it's just it's sad it's hard for me to talk about because uh, there could have been a GP this past weekend there was sp- supposed to be a GP this past weekend but here we are here we are mm. but it's important that we all stick together through these times and we just we've got to support each other and we'll get there there's, there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel there is trust me and right. I think we can get there if we just put our heads down and just just wait it out we'll get there and gates will drop they will they will trust me sounds like a name of a website uh, right okay thank you to Fly Racing Liat Planet Motor Holidays Prox Racing Parts Technical Touch KYB Even Strokes Supercrosslive.tv Backyard Design UK Blenzel Oils and TMX21 competitions thank you very much for your support thank you guys for listening to this utter tirade of crapness and Lewis I will see you in episode 66 be strong everyone or just be you it's fine. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Say bye, Lewis. See ya. <laughs> See ya. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.